Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Howdy. Welcome back to one rental at a time. Thought you clicked on the wrong video, didn't you? I want to turn the tables on a fourth video for today where I asked Mike a question. In my live stream last night, I compared the cash flow on a property on how much a rental paid me in a year, but I also did because cash flow, I like to project. When I'm buying a property, this is what it looks like going forward. It's a little easier to know area average rents and what my mortgage is going to be and estimate what my expenses will be. So I can predict cash flow with reasonable confidence. But an internal rate of return, what my property paid me going forward would be really hard to do because appreciation is hard to calculate. But we can look in the past and see what it did. So Mike, can you, because you have that master's degree in, mm-hmm. in econ degree, right? Mm-hmm. Actually educated, you've been investing twice as long as, as me. Can you give me a breakdown of cash flow versus internal rate of return? Sure. So I actually look at it as yield versus total return, right? Just to not split vocabulary, but this is really for a lot of people that follow us or students, and I don't want to mix up vocabulary. So how do I use yield? So again, yield very simply is expected uh, yearly cash flow is the numerator and the denominator is how much cash comes out to buy that asset down payment closing cost and what i call make ready right that's the simple math formula i only use yield when i'm comparing deals i only make decisions on what i write offers on based on yield total returns not involved appreciation's not included mortgage pay downs not included none of de- taxes not included i want to know how hard my money is working and I want to know how hard that asset works versus that asset. I compare 20 unit buildings with 500 square foot single family homes. And I use those examples because that's all I've ever bought, right? So I'm in that realm. So yield is the only metric that makes a buying decision. Now I close on a property. Yield for the most part really doesn't matter because I own it. it if I made a mistake, if it's better or worse, it's mine. So the only thing I kind of look at later, and it's not usually year one, but I do look at my assets that are seasoned, usually around the three-year mark, right? How is this asset compared to the rest? And I do that every year, usually as I'm preparing my taxes. It's just when I'm in that mindset, but absolutely look at total return. And I will look at how different assets perform. And that's why if I'm going to trim my portfolio, which I did in 2019, uh, because I thought assets were getting richly valued in apartments, it's how I decided which ones to sell, which ones weren't performing, which ones had compression, uh, all of those things. So total return is what I use after I've owned it, usually at the two or three, probably the three-year mark. Uh, But however, yield or cash on cash or return on capital, whatever you call it, is the only metric. Appreciation is never considered. It's an it's a cherry on top in the total return. So that's how I look at the two. Very very separate. They're almost never connected. So there's a couple things to take away there. <clears throat> the the first is you're using one metric to figure out which assets to pursue. Correct. And then the other one can tell you which ones you might not want to keep. Correct. Right. Exactly. Correct. 
And one, it's it's easier to project going forward with cash flow than mm -hmm. it would be because appreciation and principal paydown can disappear. Mm -hmm. People learned that in 2008, especially when they started with negative, but they had the 105% <laughs> um, loan to value. So yeah. they got the closing costs wrapped in. Mm -hmm. And then when prices dip, the appreciation and principal paydown meant nothing. But cash flow was still there. And you could... A couple of years later, look and see how's that been performing, and you and you then you look at all of the aspects of cash flow, appreciation, principal paydown, um, I get the question often of how much did a property pay you, or how, what is your cash flow on a property, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it it almost doesn't matter because it's nice to know if somebody's successfully doing it so you know who to copy right if somebody's mm -hmm. making money on flipping and you want to flip that's the person to follow if somebody's making money on burr and, and that's uh, lily thompson does the wholesaling strategy and now she's branching out into other things but that's who you'd follow if you want to learn wholesaling mm -hmm. for me so i would look to but when it comes to buy and hold the 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 net worth the appreciation and the principal pay down is an exercise it's it's not the thing that tells me, okay, so buy the next property based on how this one performed in the last three years. Exactly. Yeah. Because correct. we can't, we, we had 19% appreciation here in Washington state last year. Yeah. Seattle saw over 30%, <clears throat> but no one knows what next year is going to be like. Yeah. I suggest not planning for 19 or 30. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I saw Arizona was top again of the yeah thirty months in a row Phoenix Arizona thirty percent or I should say thirty months in a row the number one market last month was thirty percent crazy yeah that's that that so for an internal rate of return or your what how did you call it a total return total return so that's where you see the total return mm -hmm. um, right. and again easier to project in the past than to guess in the future for that. Yeah, I had never thought of it that way. Yeah, total return is very point in time backwards where my yield is my expected performance. Uh, and again, the yield is, and by far, if I only look, look at one metric, it would only be the yield. I wouldn't, the total return means very little because a lot of that, the, the reason I don't like total return or even net worth is because the largest variable in that is an opinion. I hate opinions. And the opinion is, what's my asset worth? Right. I might think it's worth 200. You might think it's worth 230. Somebody else might worth 160. Who's and right? only worth what someone's willing to pay when it's sold. Exactly. Yeah. So my, my live stream last night, I have my notes here because I was doing, this is the first time I've done the exercise of internal rate of return on a property. I haven't, because I'm all in residential. I haven't tried to pivot to larger yeah. multifamily. Uh -huh. and, and one thing to clarify for anybody watching, um, if I ever had a different opinion of yours, I would come and say, hey, Mike, I have a different opinion than you. That this is my opinion. What's your opinion? I would get that comparison. I always talk about residential lending and how I don't look at five units or more because I don't have 10 mortgages in my name now. Mm. I have six. So I still have the benefit of those 10 residential loans. So if you're a new investor and you have those 10, I think, so my opinion would be, four units or less is going to make more sense until you're forced to go commercial, then two to four unit commercial or 10 unit commercial. It's doesn't, the same animal. Doesn't right? matter. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you agree with that. That's so that's so when you say, well, you well, 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 let's, let's have this discussion. Okay. I believe you should do the best deal. I think you are artificially 
constraining yourselves because you have four more cheap loans. I think that's a mistake. I think you should look at 10 units because if a 10 unit, just for example, produces a 30% yield, but a residential is 15, what the hell are you doing? Go so get here's, the here's my, my counterpoint. Yeah, sure. So right now with the six mortgages, seven properties, six figure passive income, passive. That's awesome. Right? Okay. I can handle buying a 10 unit that has higher turnover yeah. that I might calculate wrong and that has a loan reevaluation re period in five, seven or 10 years. I'm, I'm, my portfolio could handle that now. Probably. A brand new person who's looking at, I don't have any rentals sure. and they're looking at single family, small multifamily and the 10 unit where the house hacking option kind of goes away for the lower down payment. Mm -hmm. um, and you have the commercial lending, which generally has that adjustable rate and a couple of other reasons. Sure. So, so there's a chronology to it. Oh, agreed. I wouldn't burr first. I wouldn't flip first. But once you have the, the portfolio and the base knowledge to handle it, those are great strategies. And the team. And the team, and the team right. And the, and the team and the, and the cash flow to handle the mistakes you, you might make, right? Because mm -hmm. we made, I made huge mistakes in my first year with a single family rental. I'm going to make mistakes the first time I do a burr and the first time mm -hmm. I do a flip. Sure. So to look at that 10 unit and those new investors, hmm. my opinion is still residential, 30-year fixed rate, possibly house hacking. Once you have a few, and I think at six, I have a few. So yes, right now, currently to me, 10 unit might make sense. I still don't want the loan reevaluation period. I haven't got my mind wrapped around that. That's uh, that's why I only do non-QM loans with 30-year fix. I I spent eight, nine months, eight or nine months getting all of my commercial uh, apartment loans into 30-year money. I don't want to refi in five. I, I am so afraid about where rates might be after studying the 70s. You ain't getting me there. And I might be wrong. I'm wrong all the time, but I'm going to de-risk the situation. So, yeah. Right. So I don't like the answer when somebody asks a question and you say, well, it depends <laughs> because that's really kind of a cop-out, but it kind of depends. What stage of your portfolio growth are you in? Oh, now let's be very clear. If, if you are just starting out, go get, go get on the property ladder. One, it's probably residential. And if you're in a position where you can house hack, go get a fourplex or roommates, either one works, whatever you're comfortable with. But earlier you asked me about you. Okay. You're, at, you're at six loans, seven properties. You have six figures in cash flow. I believe you are making a mistake by not at least considering a buy box that includes a 10 unit building. So here's what I love about hanging out with you and Matt, the Lumberjack Landlord. Like you have successfully grown massive portfolios. In my opinion, those are massive. So there are people with 8,000 units, but cash flow is probably not as good, I think, depending on how they're doing it. Um, we have different goals. Yeah. Like, like I literally am the lazy. <laughs> Fair enough. Boring is sexy investor who I had the weight of, of the world on my shoulders. I was raising three kids. And I remember clearly several times telling my kids in, in a de depressive format, I'm one of those guys that's going to probably have to work until he dies. Like that was just my thought process up until 40. Mm. So to have reached financial freedom, I am beyond winning the lottery. Yeah. Like, like, like winning the lottery would have meant less to me than what happened because lottery money, most people who win the lottery three years later file bankruptcy. There's 70% or something. That's to me yeah. is most significant amount. This is something that I have diversified. This is something the tenant base has diversified. This is something I have developed a skill set for to where we've had the, the video a few times on what would you do if you lost it all? Well, in mm -hmm. 10 years, I'd be really close to where I'm at. I can recycle capital. 
and I would grow faster. I can get into commercial and I would scale faster. Um, but I'm in this euphoria. There's no other yeah. word for it. No, I, euphoria. I, I, and, and we should all want to be where you are. That is awesome. Congratulations. So, and well, thanks for the information that's helped me get here. <laughs> and, and thanks for the, 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 what do you call it? Encouragement or, uh, kick in the pants, kick in the pants. <laughs> you know, you should, these are the things you could also be doing. That could also be better. Yeah, just and, at least look. I mean, because yep. you, if you, do, I think, I think making statements without doing the work is a mistake. You just don't know. You just don't know. I mean, at least look. You don't have to buy it, but at least compare. That is true. The the Dunning Kruger and my searches include multifamily, so oh, I look okay. at it. Okay. And and as my down payment has grown because I'm stacking cash this year. Yeah. I haven't done the cash out to then stack the cash to do the bigger deal. Mm. Um. So 30-year fixed rate non-QM. Mm-hmm. Non-QM. Is that through? Stephen Dow on Friday. So we talked about it. I got, Stephen Dow? Okay. I, got, I, I refined it at an office building, which is straight up commercial, 30-year fixed. I think that was 4%. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there. They're, it's going to be more expensive money, but 30-year fixed, which is what I paid for. So just do the math. Just do the math. Okay. There you go. How can people find you? This was so much fun today. Thank you. Thank you. This was great. I appreciate you reaching out and I understand your painters are going to be here in a few minutes. So yep. looking forward to see what that turns into. I got some surprises, as you know. <laughs> awesome. You can find me right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Ciao.